It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by New York Lottery. Thanks so much for tuning in. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow with you for the next 60 minutes. Multiple ways for you to interact with us here on the program. Part 1, 973-667-1960. You give us a ring. Part 2, you can head to Twitter. Hashtag Giants Chat. You can also directly follow and interact with the two of us. I'm at Lance Meadow. One word, last name, M-E-D-O-W. He is at Jay Fiegels. As a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So we will look ahead to the Week 17 matchup with the Dallas Cowboys, a rematch from Week 5 when Dallas beat the Giants 37-34. to We'll also hear from head coach Joe Judge later on in the program as he will be addressing the media, setting the tone for the final regular season game. So a lot to tackle. We'll get to your phone calls. We'll get to your tweets. Jeff, looking forward to the next 60 minutes. How's everything yeah, on your end? I'm doing good, Lance. How are you? I'm doing very well. Yeah. We're in crunch time. We're coming Here down we to the wire. Here yeah. we go, week 17. I think before we get into it, by the way, Jeff, I don't think yeah. this could be said enough. The fact that, knock on wood, we have gotten to week 17. I know there's been some interruptions. There's been some rescheduled games. Yeah, I know where you're going. But yeah. the fact that we have not had one game canceled, we've gotten this far, every team, every coach, every player has navigated the coronavirus, it would be – a big overlook on our part and anybody else that covers the league to at least not acknowledge that and address that. Yeah, there's no question. I, I, you know, I think all of us would have disagreed if we, somebody had said that this season is going to be, every game is going to play and there's no way. And it's a true testament to the organizations. Remember, uh, these guys, they spend a lot of money. This is taken uh, its toll um, with testing and all the protocols that have to go around, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of backstories to this this season that people don't even know, and and you know, you got to thank all those people behind the scenes that nobody understands what they, how much they've worked. I mean, uh, the staff on this show, the staff on all of our radio broadcasts, there's just so much that's gone into making this season work. Um, and our hat, my hat, and applaud to every single one of those, but. You're right. It's amazing that it's gone off, and now we still have a little football left, um, and we'll have to see how it goes into the season. I read yesterday, Lance, that the NFL has decided with the NFLPA that they're not changing anything if something happens going forward in the playoffs. So, you know, there has been some, some, some teams that have played, but there's been some positions that have not played. Uh, what was it? The wide receiver group for the Browns was out one right, game. The, uh, the quarterback yep. for the uh, for the Broncos. Denver Broncos was out. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that could happen, and hopefully it doesn't. Well, and I'm all for that game plan, Jeff, because, you know, listen, as somebody who played in the league, the postseason is supposed to resemble the regular season to a certain degree, meaning mm -hmm. you get a week to prepare for a game. I understand the number one seed is going to get a bye, but for the most part, I like it when the postseason is structured just like the regular season. So if they all of a sudden started delaying games and mm -hmm. postponing games because of players being lost, being placed on the COVID reserve list, you would argue, well, wait a minute. You didn't make those exceptions in the regular season. Why yeah. are we now doing this in the postseason? I, I think that the only thing that the only way that that would change is if both teams were affected. 
you know, that they didn't have enough guys to play a game or they didn't, you know what I'm saying? But, but we haven't seen that happen. It's only been one team. um, And even though it's been affected in a negative way, they still have played the game. So I agree with you. Um, And, you know, really when you get down to it um, and we'll talk about this on the show, you know, this is an opportunity that the giants have not had since 2011, really. Right. I mean, when you think about the well, actually 2015 was the last time they went to the playoffs with Coach McAdoo. Well, 2016. Yeah. 16 with McAdoo. Me. So. Right. Well, but they didn't win the division that year. I thought that's, that's right. where you were headed. Yeah, well, this what would I'm, be what, the first time to win a division since 11. I guess what I'm saying is that the Giants are playing a meaningful game in week 17 and since a long time. And so you as a player and the organization and the fans, let's forget about the records. Let's forget about everything. Just being able to say that the Giants have a chance to make the playoffs in Week 17 is something to talk about, and um, you know, and I don't care what anybody says. You know, once you get in, everybody's the same. Um, obviously, your team is either better or they're not. But I mean, the chances of the Giants moving forward are probably pretty slim. But you never, you know, you, you always got a chance. You just got to get in the, you got to get in the tournament. And I think as players, you know, I'm sure as soon as the game was over. A lot of people were like, oh, you know, boy, this is this is going to be a tough road. And then they got a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when all those guys lost last weekend. And then now they've got one week, all hands on deck, everybody that's healthy, let's go, let's focus, have the best week of uh, preparation you can, um, and knowing that you, maybe you might be able to get, you know, another week, extended play, as I call it. Remember back in the day when you had those video games in the, in the you know, in the arcades and you wouldn't have to, you'd be pumping quarters in there. All of a sudden you get extended play without having to put a quarter in. That's what you're doing right now. You're Bonus for time. That extended, yeah. yeah, overtime. Exactly. And, well, uh, they first have to take care of business, though, of course, Jeff, against well, no, the Dallas Cowboys. Well, no question. Cowboys. You know, they don't even, yeah, you have to win your game and then hope. But if you don't win your game, then there is no hope. So, I, you know, concentrate on what you got to do. Um this is going to be a really good matchup. Um, they're going to have to score points. I'm sorry, I'm segueing into a little bit of the game, but they're going to have to score points. That's that's really what it's going to come down to. This team, uh, the, the Cowboys, have put up some points lately, and if you're going to compete with them, you're going to have to do the same. Now, the only good thing about it is that the Giants put up 30 on these guys at the beginning of the season in Week 5. Um, they haven't done it since, but maybe they can do it again. Well, and keep in mind, as I emphasized on Tuesday's program, Jeff, remember, Kyler Fackrell returned to pick six for a touchdown. So mm-hmm. technically, the Giants are only responsible, the offense, for 27 points in that game. Yeah. And Devontae Freeman scored on a touchdown off an Andy Dalton fumble, mishandled right. snap, so which was from 17 of yards out. Yeah, so they scored 15, maybe. Well, uh, meaning that they didn't necessarily march down the field, I guess is my point, Jeff. Yeah. That's a good Seven point. Seven plays, 85 yards, and a touchdown consistently throughout the game. And one thing that's going to talk about Kyler Frockwell that's going to help is it looks like he may be back for yeah. the game this week. So um, he's been out for almost a month. I think it's been four games. And, you know, it's, it's when you look at the, t- the team and when you see when players, especially on the defense, have gone out of the lineup, it's really hurt the team. Um, you know, when Bradbury and Holmes were out, look what happened. You know, Frackle's been out. They haven't really got a, much of a pass rush. Um, not that he's, you know, uh, the best pass rusher in the NFL, but he's one of the better ones on the Giants, and it's it's really affected that team. So hopefully you get all those guys healthy and back, and the Giants will be able to put a heck of a game plan together to hold that offense um, to their normal points because the Giants are going to need to score a lot more than they have lately. That's for sure. 
Well, as you mentioned, this is a Cowboys offense that has certainly lit up the scoreboard in their three-game winning streak. That yeah. can't go overlooked. I mean, they're much more comfortable, I think, on offense, Jeff, compared to, of course, where they were in week five because that was the game that Dak got hurt. So Andy Dalton took over, and then remember, he suffers the concussion and then is put on the COVID reserve list. So he had been in and out of the lineup. They played four different quarterbacks this season. My argument would be I think both of these teams are very different, Jeff, than they were in week five. But to me, sure. the team that I think has changed the most is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And I want to show you some numbers which to me are astounding. First of all, 30 points against the Bengals, 41 against the Niners, 37 against the Eagles. That's how much they've put up in each of the last three games in which they've won. But turnover differential, Jeff, which you and I have talked about, right? For any team. Or any team, correct. For the Giants, though, it's night and day in terms of when they protect the ball, win, when they don't, opposite end of the spectrum. Dallas, over the last three games, has a turnover differential of plus Nine. Oh, wow. They have had 10 yeah. takeaways, Jeff, and one turnover. But that doesn't even tell the whole story. This is what's even more impressive when I was crunching the numbers the other day. Because what do I always tell you, Jeff? It's not about getting the takeaways. It's what <laughs> it's you do with them. them. Yeah. Correct? Right? Okay. Yeah. So, last three games, plus nine in turnover differential, points off of turnovers. Dallas has scored 48 points mm-hmm. off of those 10 takeaways. Their opponents zero off of the one turnover, whereas, Jeff, in the yeah. first 12 games, Dallas was minus 13 in turnover differential. They had 11 takeaways and 24 turnovers. So the Giants are going up against a team that has had nearly as many takeaways in the last three games than they had in the previous 12 combined. But in those 12 games, the Cowboys scored 28 points off of takeaways. Their opponents scored 120. That means they were outscored, Jeff, by 92 points wow. in points off of turnovers, whereas now, now it's, 48 it's plus zero, 48. Yeah, 48-0. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the season right there for the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, I, I think for, like I said, any team, when you have that type of success by takeaways and then your offense turns it into complementary football, you know, going in down there and, you know, you guys take it away for us, we'll score for you. Um, that's that's big. That's really big. The problem with the Giants is that they, they've done a nice job not turning the football over the last few weeks, but they haven't done anything, you know, offensively. And uh, and they haven't really done much taking it away either as far as scoring points off of those. So yeah. that that has to continue to, to improve if you're going to go up against a team that with the stats that you just mentioned. you got to be pretty – you got to understand that – this is where this bread and butter of this team is right now. They are they are taking the ball away, and their offense is putting the, you know. And again, it's like you said, it is what you know. You can take it away all you want, but what are you doing with it? Um, you know. So I think that if you can, if you're going to turn it over, you make sure your defense stops them from scoring. You're okay, but you don't want to ask that out of your defense. That's for sure. Well, because it puts more pressure on the defense, especially if a team like Dallas, which is taking the ball away at such a high rate, is getting really good field position. And to your point, with the Giants offense struggling, Jeff, the last thing you want to do is now shorten the field for the opposition and also, once again, expect your defense to do all the heavy lifting because here's the state of the Giants right now. During this three-game losing streak, Jeff, they have scored 26 total points and two touchdowns. Okay, that's number one. That jumps out. But let's take it a step further. On defense, they've had two total sacks, and they've also had one takeaway. 
Yeah. Those numbers are on the extreme low side compared to where they were during the four-game winning streak. So you're not having opportunistic plays. You're not getting after the quarterback. And, oh, by the way, your offense is not manufacturing points. Jeff, if I were to tell you your team is struggling in all three of those departments, I would say you're probably not surprised that they've gone 0-3 in the last three games. 100%. You know, don't tell me which team it was either. I mean, you just look at it and, and say, you're not going to win with this. How are you winning? Unless your defense is so dominant that they're obviously – you know, like I said, they're so dominant that you're winning games by scoring seven, eight, nine points. <laughs> it's unheard of. You can't do it. You cannot do it. I think that, you know, defensively for the Giants this week is uh, you got to return to – I'm not asking you to get four or five takeaways. I think the Giants need to get pressure. They need to create pressure for Andy Dalton and take some pressure off that back end of the defense because that's, that's basically the last three games. The Giants, like last week, they didn't have a sack. Uh, the first time all season. And so yeah. you look at what happened against the, the Browns, and then you look at what happened against the Cardinals. No pressure on any of those games, and those guys just shredded the back end of the defense. So Danny Dalton can still play. We know that. He can still throw the football. 100%. He has three, I mean, three number ones, if you want to call it that. He's got three number ones on that. On that de- I mean, Gallup could be a number one receiver on any other team. I, I believe he could. He's that good. Um, and so you got to get some pressure and somehow create it for Andy Dalton and then put him back into where he's been before in his career, where he's turning the football over at a high rate and, uh, and, make, and make some plays because I think that's how they're going to win. They're going to run the football, okay? Uh, you know, the two backs that they have are, you know, Elliott and um, Tony uh, Pollard. They, yeah, and Paul, actually, he's having a pretty good season. He is, and um, he filled in for Zeke two yeah, games ago, did very well. really has done a nice job, so we know that. Their offensive line is, is okay. They've been kind of, you know, they're not the best as they were. A lot um, of injuries this year. A lot of injuries. Their tackles are two undrafted rookies, so, I mean, you look at those guys. I mean, those guys, you, if you talk about a, a place that you can go after, um, those are probably the two places, Brandon Knight and Tyrone. Is it Tyrone Steele? Terrence, Terrence Steele. Steele. Can't even read my own writing. <laughs> um, but those two guys are, I think that's, but that goes to with what I'm telling you. Create some pressure off of the edges and get in, in Dalton's face um, and let him turn the ball over and get some sacks. Interestingly, and as you just laid out, Jeff, you're right. The offensive line has been a game of musical chairs this year for the Cowboys. Remember, they lose both of their tackles pretty much at the start of the season. Tyron yeah. Smith played briefly, but then was ruled out. And then all of a sudden, Zach Martin now is lost in the lineup. The only thing I would argue is they've kept this group together now over the last few weeks where they've yeah, started I to saw build that. some yeah. consistency. And here's the other thing. Although it seems like it's been one challenge after another, if you go back to the Week 5 matchup, the only difference in the Cowboys' offensive line, because Tyron Smith didn't play in that game. So Brandon Knight started at left tackle, and then Terrence Steele was in the mix because Lyle Collins had not played. Mm-hmm. He was already ruled out. So the only difference right now that the Giants are going to be looking at is the fact that Joe Looney has returned to the yeah, center, center position. Okay, Tyler Biotish, remember, started that game because Looney was dealing with a knee injury. So Looney's now back. They've got their starting center. And Zach Martin did play against the Giants. Right now, it's iffy. I know Jerry Jones went on a local radio station, said it was doubtful. He's trying to work his way back from a calf issue. So Connor McGovern is probably going to start at right guard, but he started seven games there, including the last six. So mm-hmm. my point is, you're right. They've been hit by injuries, but I would argue the line has stabilized a bit, meaning that they haven't had to deal with as many changes over the last few weeks. Yeah, just looking at the uh, on the on the website here, they have the, 
the release that the Cowboys put out, it, it just shows you those offensive lines shuffle from week one to week 16. So it, you're right. In the last six or seven weeks, it, they have the same lineup. So that that's that continuity we talk about. You know, the guys are can play along uh, each other and they understand. So that's a good thing for the Cowboys. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're inexperienced um, and they, you know, they're young, but they, you know, they have played together, but I still think it is a liability for their offense. If I look at all the other positions, um, you know, receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback, I think the line is is probably where you can attack pretty good. You absolutely want to test that group. No yes. disagreement whatsoever, Jeff. Now, the big thing is, though, as we talk about, well, if that's an opening for the Giants, though, but the Giants haven't been great in the sack department, what gives, <laughs> I guess, is yeah. a big storyline entering this game. But on the topic of pressure, here's where the biggest difference is. Dallas's ability to manufacture pressure, Jeff, because yeah. I would argue that group has changed since they last Big met time. the Giants, right? Big time. You look at Olden Smith has become a consistent force, but probably the biggest surprise is Randy Gregory was not accessible in the first game because yeah. of a suspension. He's yeah. been back. He's become quite the disruptive force for the Cowboys thus far. Well, you kind of understand why Jerry Jones and, and his organization has stuck with that guy. I mean, you know, it, you could have easily given up on him with all the off-field stuff, but you now understand that why they've kind of stayed with him. He's he's quite the player, um, very active, and you know he can get after it. He can definitely get after it. But I agree with you. You know, week five and week seventeen, this this defense is a lot different, a lot different. I think it just like anything else. I mean, I think the Giants' defense probably got well. It took them half the season. To, to get their mojo a little bit. You know, they went out there and they started playing really well, and they really have 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 been the one consistent aspect of this football team all season, uh, with the exception to a couple games. I mean, obviously they're running, uh, stopping the run. They didn't do it last week, but overall they've done a nice job with it all season. The Cowboys had a new off defensive coordinator this year with Mike, Mike Nolan. Nolan. So it's been – and now, they you know, they're shuffling in some guys and, and getting to know that system and getting some guys healthy now. Well, that Cowboy team is, you know, has kind of turned a corner a little bit, both both sides of the football. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that both defenses have changed because the defense in week five against the Cowboys, not the same defense that we then saw for the mm -hmm. Giants I'm talking about no. a few weeks later. So, you know, both of these units have changed. The Giants right now trying to manufacture a bit more pass rush compared to the Cowboys, but these are two teams that definitely look very different than where they were in week number five. And we'll get more into this matchup as we move along. A reminder, you'll be hearing from Joe Judge shortly as well. 973-667-1960 is the telephone number. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. You can follow and interact with the two of us. At Lance Meadow, one word, last name, M-E-D-O-W. He is at Jay Fiegel's one word as well. A reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. And no, Paul Dottino is not associated with this contest. That's important <laughs> to mention the throughout the course of the, the program. Yeah, when I saw on the dot, I was like, is Dottino now writing the copy for Big Blue Kickoff Live? I mean, who gave him the keys to the controls? I'd That's love right. to know that. Well, Let's uh, open up the phone lines as we move along here on Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Brandon is in New Jersey. What's happening, Brandon? Lance, Jeff, John. Hi. Uh, I have a question. I, I'm unfortunately this season. I just kind of, I've called a few times this season. I already just I'm just trying to see what's going to happen. I want to see the progress. I want to see improvement. So I'm in the off season already. I know Dallas is coming. Still in the off season. And my thought process was: I know Dave Gettleman's been. I guess you can consider some 
agree on a hot seat, but I think he's done a pretty good job, to be all the way real with you, from year over year. Even from the Odell trade to where we're at today, it's like heads and tails a different team. And I'm wondering, has he bought himself enough leeway in order to draft another quarterback? And hold on, I know before Lance freaks out. My <laughs> only thing is, I think Daniel Jones might be the best backup quarterback in all of the NFL. And I would not like to see him leave the, uh, leave the Giants organization because something in a completely underrated position is our backup quarterback. You, you see what happens when you, most teams get a backup, and you can count that as a loss most of the time. But Daniel Jones does miss some of the in, intangibles. Like, if we say Daniel Jones or Patrick Mahomes, it's like immediately, like, what type of conversation is that? And as a Giants fan, I'd like to say, hey, we have a Patrick Mahomes on our team as opposed to, ah, you know, he's, there's only one of them. There's a few of them, right? Uh, year over year, of course, not the same year usually. And I was just wondering, like, if he were to do that or would it cause so much problems drafting, you know, two quarterbacks, let's say high two quarterbacks, and sitting them in the same room, would that cause so much issues alone to where that may get Gettleman out of there and then it's like a detractor? Because honestly, Daniel Jones might be the best quarterback. Well, first of all, Brandon, a, a few things before we jump off the deep end. Number one, I mean, the Cardinals technically did what you're talking about. They drafted Josh Rosen one year, and then they brought in right. Kyler Murray, but they wound up trading away Josh Rosen. But let's not forget, right. Joe Judge has been asked at least on a weekly basis about Daniel Jones, the Next future year. of the quarterback yeah. position, and whether or not he's the guy. And he has emphatically come out and said, Daniel Jones is our guy. So, I mean, to me, this is a wasteful conversation if we're speculating about something that the head coach pretty much has quieted the speculation about. Wait, Number wait, two, wait. as far as the backup quarterback position is concerned that you were talking about, I mean, Cole McCoy did help the Giants win a game in Seattle, and you could go the veteran route for your backup quarterback. You don't have to necessarily draft your backup mm -hmm. quarterback. Case in point, Jeff and I were talking about Andy Dalton. Dallas went out, made a great acquisition, signing Andy Dalton to protect themselves in the event Dak got hurt. Dak got hurt, you bring in a veteran quarterback who led his team to the playoffs multiple times, and because of that move, you can argue that's a big reason why Dallas is mathematically still very much in the hunt. And we've had this discussion before. John and I just did, or it was, I think John and I did last week about this same topic, is that you look at the, the quarterbacks that are going to be coming, that are going to be free agents, that would be able to fill that bill that you just said. You, right, you can finally get a briefly, backup guy if you need to. Oh, two things real briefly. Number one, the head coach, if he ever came out and said, my quarterback is not my quarterback, that'd be a problem in the middle of the season. Can we all agree? Yeah, of That's course. I mean, I'm sure publicly a coach so is going to do everything he can to support the player, but there's no. the point is there's no indication right now that there's any legs to what you're speculating about, that well, the Giants have an interest nor a need to go after another young quarterback. That's the larger point oh, right I, now. Well, the thing is, like you said, oh, the Cowboys brought in Andy Dalton. But I would make the argument that Daniel Jones is better than Andy Dalton. The quarterbacks that would be coming up on free agency and veterans, I would make the argument that Daniel Jones is better than those quarterbacks. That's what I'm saying. Like, he is better than all of what you would – Colt McCoy. Daniel Jones is heads and tails better than Colt McCoy. But that does not put Daniel Jones anywhere near elite. It doesn't put him – like, just in the two seasons we're watching, I'm talking about – results at this point not potential none of that on the results portion he is nowhere near i don't see him throwing receivers open and i think he can service an offense obviously he can right like that's not what i'm concerned with i'm just saying that as a giants organization as a longtime giants fan um every single year there was a call to get rid of eli man and it wasn't unwarranted most of the time 
And that's not Eli's. Well, well, but hold on. But then what happened with Eli, though? You see, you're you're shooting down your own argument, Brandon, because if you you go back to Eli Manning in 2005, you're right. Similar conversations were occurring. Did the Giants then go out and draft another quarterback? Did they talk about getting rid of Eli? No, they stayed the course. So you're you're arguing right now that Daniel Jones is not elite to you. That's fine. I mean, the elite argument to me is to the eye of the beholder. Who cares whether or not a quarterback's elite? The bottom line is the quarterback takes care of the ball, helps you win games. But is, are you strong enough to say that right now based on the small sample size? Daniel Jones hasn't even played yes. two full seasons that you're yes, ready I, I, to bail ship and go elsewhere simply because you don't think he's elite at this point? See, I don't, I don't want to say bail ship because I don't want to get rid of Daniel Jones. But in two full seasons, all the elite quarterbacks showed they were elite in the first two seasons. They may have had ups and downs and Growing pains, but they showed it. Wait, 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 hold on, wait, wait, Brandon, 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 hold on. This is smoke battle. I got to step in. Did you think Josh Allen was elite in his second year in the league? Uh, No, the answer is no. You didn't. Do you think Josh Allen's elite now? His second year. This is Josh Allen. This is Josh Allen's third year. He was a rookie in eighteen, and he he did not look elite last year. Last year they did pretty good. I would say he would start. He was starting to build. Last year he was starting. Like you could you could really start to see it, and especially towards the end of last year, you definitely could see that these bills are a problem. And that guy over there is a bad man. Like you could see it. That's all I'm saying. It's like it was the intangibles Paul talked about at the quarterback position. We have a serviceable quarterback. I'm not talking junk about Daniel Jones. I'm just comparing him to his peers. And I'm talking about the starting quarterbacks across the league. I think if you were to go through and rank every single team and their quarterback, Daniel Jones probably gonna be like 17, 16. Like you could probably find 15 quarterbacks you would want, but you couldn't find many backups. I promise you that. And as a Giants fan, I'm just I'm sick of every year our quarterback is a topic. You understand what I'm? That's what I'm getting. At. I'm sick of every, like Green Bay never has a well, other than this year. Usually Green Bay never has a real conversation. Well, about because Green Bay has an established veteran in Aaron Rodgers, though. You're talking about a quarterback that I just said has not finished his second year. So how many teams that have veteran quarterbacks are having conversations about their quarterback? How many? Uh, uh okay, so. <laughs> I, I don't think I understood that last part, but like what I'm, I, I'm just trying to say that like when the, the veteran quarterback at one point was a rookie, correct, and then he had two years in the in the league, and then they went, hey, that guy is really really good, and there was no real conversation about is this guy our guy or not. It was a clear this is our guy, and I'm just waiting for the giant quarterback that comes into the to the organization, and it's clear from the first year. The second year, Patrick Mahomes, it took three games for us to figure out that dude was good. Three games. You're talking about two full seasons, and we still don't, eh, the jury's still out. Well, Mahomes is also, once again, you're bringing up the most extreme quarterback of all the people to use an example for. You know, how about you talk about Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield has had his ups now. Lamar Jackson actually went through a stretch this season where he wasn't that great, to be honest with you. you Now things have leveled out. After the first three games and while he was on the field, you don't think the Ravens, after the first three or four games, went, this is our guy? Or do you think it took two years to figure that out? Well, listen, we're going to let you go on that note, Brandon, because we got Joe Judge now addressing the media. We'll listen to Joe Judge, and then we'll come back and continue getting into this conversation. Here's Joe Judge. We'll let you know the order in which the questions will flow. You're all in, Coach. All right, guys. How you doing today? All right, guys. Wednesday, we've turned the page. We're fully on the Dallas as a team and organization right now. Uh, we're looking forward to the opponent this weekend. Obviously, this is a big game for us, being so that it's you know a rivalry game, a divisional game, and uh, obviously there's a lot of stake. 
you know, when you talk about this team, this is not the same team we played early in the year. I think notably the pace they're playing is different. The way they're playing a balanced attack on offense, they've got away from playing fast paced tempo. Uh, they're not so much a pass heavy team at this point. You know, really the offense always goes through Zeke and the run game. That's where they used to set up those explosive receivers on the outside. McKellen's done a really good job of mixing it up, using the screen game, the run game, create some shots down the field. And obviously this offense can pose a lot of issues. There's some similarities to our own, but I'd say at the same time, it's a totally different offense based on, you know, how it's being called, who's being called with, and some of the plays that evolved throughout the year. You know, defensively, uh, this unit's playing very well. And the thing is turnovers that's really separated them right now and how they play lately were probably earlier in the year. And this team's making a lot of plays with the pass rushers off the edge. You know, the backers inside are making a lot of plays. They've got a young defensive interior that's really stepped up. There's a lot of new faces and names we have to get familiar with in a hurry and know how they play. But this team's really made a lot of gains defensively. we got a lot to handle on our hands. We have to have a good week of practice. And, of course, in the kicking game with Bones, you know, it always comes down to it's an attacking mindset. You know, he's got a lot of multiples. He's going to have some kind of gimmick in every phase. They're going to call it. And the bigger the game, the more gadgets you see. And that ties into McCarthy's own personal history as well. You know, end of season games, you know, whether it has playoff implications or something tied in with uh, just want to use something for an edge. You know, he's always practicing, always preparing for the onside kicks, the fake punts, the fake field goals. These are things we're going to be alert, aware, communicate, and play with a defensive mindset anytime we don't have the ball, be on kickoff return, punt return, or field goal block. So that being said, I'll open to any questions you may have. We'll start with anyone who regularly covers the Cowboys. Uh, Jory? Yeah, Joe, you mentioned some of the ways you've seen this team change. What stands out most about your first meeting with the Cowboys, and specifically when you think about the emotions of Dak Prescott's injury? How memorable is that? Well, I'd say just in terms of Dak, I mean, look, you don't want to see any player on your team or any other team. And Dak's, you know, Dak's a really good player, man. He's a really good person. Um, look, I've obviously followed him from having just, you know, alma mater ties with him. And uh, I've been a fan of him for some time in the way he carries himself off the field, the way he plays on the field. When you go against a guy like Dak, you've got to prepare for the run and the pass. But this guy's a very smart player. He's a very tough player. Um, he really brings a lot of dimensions to the game that you have to account for. That being said, I mean, Kellen's done a really good job with this offense and adjusted with Andy at quarterback. And I think the thing that stands out about Andy is he's extremely smart. You know, Andy's a very smart quarterback. He puts him in the right place. He knows where to go with the ball. He does a really good job getting the ball out of his hand quickly, which really helps the protection up front and negates the pass rush. He's been throwing the ball very accurate. And Kellen's put him in good schemes in terms of you know, using the weapons they have on the outside, but really staying balanced with the run game between Zeke and Pollard. And they're really finding nice ways to use those guys. And they've got weapons all over the field on offense, and you've got to make sure you account for them. You not just know, you know, what they're lined up in, but who's where, okay? We've got to go ahead and play with good run defense, and you've got to stop the shots down the field as well. That's definitely how they make a lot of plays. You bet. And on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned the takeaways they've had in the last few games. What trends do you see in terms of what's working for them getting these consistent takeaways? They're playing fast. They're playing fast and the pass rush come around the edge are affecting the quarterback. You see that day with Hurts with the pursuit where they caused the fumble in the fourth quarter, they folded on back. Uh, they're hustling to the ball. They're attacking the ball. They're really doing a nice job with how they're playing up front. And then on the back end, the DBs do a great job of reading the quarterback's eyes. This is a deal that if you get locked on a receiver and your eyes stay stagnant down the field, they're going to find it and they're going to break on that ball. And they do a good job on the defensive backs as well of attacking that ball, putting their face on it, really biting the ball. They do a good job in their tackling technique. So, look, ball security is definitely a priority for our team this week. Bruce Beck. 
Hey, Joe, I'm not mentioning the, the P word, but what does it mean to you and your guys to be playing a meaningful game in January? Well, look, you could go through and kind of give the whole every game is meaningful and this and that, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think in anything that you do that you have great passion for, you want it to be important to other people as well. Okay, you want to invest enough of yourself and you ask the team to invest enough of themselves. You want it to be important across the board. Every game is important to us. You get 16 opportunities a year, okay, that you're guaranteed to go out there on Sunday and perform. And we have to take advantage of every single one of them. Um, but for us in this one right here, Bruce, I mean, obviously, division game, rivalry game, um, we want to make sure that we continue to play and improve as a team. This is, you know, the last regular season opportunity for us to go out there and improve as a team. You know, we didn't set out and say, hey, man, we're going to get better as a team in 14 games. We said in all 16 games. We want to see a raised level of play and coaching across the board. I'm Kevin. So in the last two games Daniel started, we've kind of seen a quarterback who's been reluctant to run. The gloves have to come off this week. Do you have to use him, what he's best at? Look, we're going to do whatever it takes to win the game. That being said, we're always going to consider our players' health as the priority. Uh, we're going to work not to put our players in any situation where we put them at greater risk of injury. And that comes how we protect them, how we call the plays, and how we execute on the field. Hey, Joe, just based on when Logan's extension happened, I don't think we even asked you about it. Uh, curious, you know, why that was a priority and how involved were you in that process? Yeah, without going through all the inner workings on the back scene, I think, um, obviously, you know, this is going to be a free agency type of deal. Um, we just had the opportunity to get this done before it went to free agency. You know, Logan's good, been a good player for us. He's been a leader in this organization. Um, I think the biggest thing is he's been a productive player. Okay, you can talk about all the intangibles off the field. They're all very important. At the end of the day, it's a production business, and uh, he's been a productive player for us. So, you know, the ability to be able to retain him in our program, you know, and not only continue to add depth in our defensive backfield, which has become a strength for us throughout this season with a lot of young guys coming up and developing. Um, you know, it was a priority to keep Logan here and go keep that unit strong. Kim Johnson. Hey, Joe, I'm not asking you to repeat any of your comments because I'm aware of all of them. I heard all of them. But have you felt the need recently to defend Daniel? To defend him on the field or in the press? Specifically the other day when, when sort of not you weren't asked a question about your quarterback, but you went on to talk about the, the many ways he's improving and has improved. No, I haven't felt a need to defend him at all. I think ultimately in this business, what we do on the field is what's going to you know, really matter. We can all say a lot of things. And I took an opportunity to point out some things that I saw of him on the tape and his progression throughout the season. But in terms of defending Daniel, now look, he's a big boy. We all know what we signed up for here. There's going to be criticism on the outside. That's the way it's supposed to be. You know, we're in New York. It's not supposed to be an easy job to coach or play here. We have to understand the climate we're in. It's a tough city. It's supposed to be a tough city. It'd be a tough skin to play here. So that was more to sort of educate us on just what you were seeing in your quarterback. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you. Tom Rock. Hey, Joe. Uh, where do you think you've made the biggest strides? It seems like a lifetime ago when you played the Cowboys last. Uh, where, where have you Where have you improved the most? Where, where has this team matured the most, do you think? Well, I'll tell you what, if you watch that first game tape, and I've obviously watched it a couple of times, you know, throughout this weekend leading up to this, these are two very different teams on the field. You can turn around and say there's a lot of the same players out there, some similar schemes. You look at the execution from both teams, both teams are completely different in a lot of ways. You know, I think, you know, without jumping onto us real quick, just talking about their defense, 
they're playing faster. They're definitely playing more confident out there. They're definitely more productive and disruptive in what they're doing. You know, in terms of us as a team, I've seen a raised level of play across the board. I see more confidence. All right, starting with our quarterback, Kim, you know, in terms of how he's controlling the line of scrimmage, operating in the system, and really helping guys around him. I see the signal callers on defense with Blake and Logan, some of those guys doing a really good job of working with multiples and controlling it on the field. Early in the season, you know, when you're in, you know, four games in, five games in, in a new system without a preseason, these are things that really take some time to develop that chemistry within the game setting. So I've seen that really mature throughout the season. I've seen our defensive backfield be able to handle more multiples, disguise different variations of man coverage, have a greater understanding for who we're playing and how we have to play. I've seen our skill group, you know, develop some versatility in terms of how we can attack it. I've seen our offensive line improve with great strides. You know, so there's a lot of things I can talk about throughout the season I've seen. But to me, it's about when I watched that tape the other day, just looking at ourselves, you you can see instantly, and the players can as well, like we're a much improved team on all levels and all positions and how we're, you know, operating as one unit. And that's encouraging. Now, that being said, they're a much better team too. So, you know, we've got to go out there and have our best game on Sunday. We'll take two more, Schwartz and Zach. Schwartz. Hey, Joe. Hey, Paul. I got two for you. Um, I'll do it quick. Um, uh, last game was the highest scoring game you guys have played. Uh, the last time you played the Cowboys, you know, both teams had a lot of points. Uh, they scored what the 30, 41, 37, their last three games. If this has to become that kind of game, can you guys keep up with that point wise? We'll do whatever it takes to win the game, Paul. So look, we want to play you know, defense to keep the kind of points off the board and offensively we're trying to score in every position and uh, we want to make sure we finish better drives. And um, um, even, you know, even if you don't go forward after this week, um, this team has not done a great job um, um, in the division the last several years. Uh, if you win this game, you go four and two in the division. Is that something you had to check on when you came in? We need to clean up our, you know, our neighborhood here in the division. There's a lot of marks since I came in here that we circled and said we've got to hit these. Um, a lot of things I haven't advertised, a lot of things internally everyone's aware of. But look, playing the National Football League, it really does all start with your division. You know, it's really the most important thing. You play these guys twice a year. You have to know your division. You have to improve within your division. You know, a lot of people build their teams based on who they play twice a year within the division. Um, those games don't trump every other game, but they're obviously very important games because they almost count as more than one game because of how you're measured against the other teams in the division. Thank you. Last one here, Zach. Hey, Joe. Um. Dante, it took a while. Dante Pettis, it took him a while to make his debut for your guys. And then he played quite a bit at receiver the other day. I'm just curious what you saw from him there and if you can envision him helping in the return game going forward. He obviously has a rich history in that in that area. We're, we're working in the return game and practice every day. We also have, you know, Dion back on kick returns and, you know, Pep. And then when Golden, when he's healthy, he's out there as well sometimes for us. So we work a number of players in practice. Dante obviously has a history of it through college and somewhat in the league. Uh, so we're going to work them all the time. We want to always build our depth at those positions. It's tough to find punt returners. It really is. It's one of those positions you kind of take for granted. And when you don't have one, everybody notices every week. That's just something that's a fact. You know, in terms of him as a receiver, I see him uh, really improve within our scheme and system. So he did a nice job in the game. You know, they really showed the ability to get open, you know, caught the ball for us. Had a couple that didn't come his way. He was still able to get open, you know, and shed some tight coverage. So I've seen improvement with him. Obviously, he's had kind of a short term in our system. He lost a little bit of time to develop with us, being on the COVID list for a period of time. So he's made the most of his opportunities, and now he's on the field working. You know, we'll see where it goes this week in terms of the game plan, but I've seen improvement from him. I'm encouraged going forward with him. And, and then uh, before you go, I just was wondering if we can get some, uh, some injury updates on uh, some of the guys like Kyler Fackrell, Golden Tate, um, you know, Evan Engram, a few of those guys. Yeah, so uh, 
Evan will be out there today. Farquhar will be out there today uh, moving around. Everyone will do something a little bit with the trainers. Today's kind of that hybrid day of kind of individuals, some competition, a little bit of walkthrough at the end. So some guys get a little bit more in the walkthrough at the end than they will early on in the individuals and the competition. Uh, we're going to keep Golden strictly with the trainers today. We'll see where he goes going forward. Um, again, I know he's going to do everything he can to be out there. Uh, we're optimistic. We know he's uh, working hard with the trainers. We'll see where he's at physically. I want to be fair to him and make sure we get the opportunity to get out there and show us, you know, if you can get out there in the field, stand in the field and be productive for us. So, look, this guy's done a good job for us. He's been really fun to coach. Um, so, obviously, we want all of our guys out there healthy. All right, thanks. All right, so that was head coach Joe Judge addressing the media as the Giants get set for the Dallas Cowboys. And he basically emphasized what Jeff and I were talking about earlier, that these two teams are very different from where they were in week five when the Cowboys beat the Giants by three, 37-34 on Greg Zerline's walk-off field goal. A reminder, Giants fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank. With a Giants-branded debit card, security features and discounts at the Giants online shop, you can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants member FDIC. And what he laid out, Jeff, was the fact that this is a Dallas team that looks very different from when he put on the tape in Week 5. He talked about the aggressiveness of their defense to get off the edges, get after the quarterback, and also the capabilities of them to take the ball away and change field position. So they know that there's urgency in terms of making sure Dallas's defense doesn't set the tone and also putting points on the board considering how well Dallas has scored over this three-game winning streak. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you and I were speaking about, right? And there's, it's, there's really no secret to it. Um, it's just going out there and game planning against and scheming against a team that you know pretty well and they know that they've been playing better. Um, and you just got to attack the, their weaknesses um, and, you know, and play good football. That's, that's, it's, it's not a hard game, Lance. It's really not. I mean, uh, you got one game to win. You got to win it, and you're going to hope that the other teams do what they got to do to get you in the, in the playoffs. But the bottom line is get your guys healthy. You heard about Frackrell and, uh, and, and Golden going to be back on the field doing, doing some work. So, you know, the, the biggest thing right now is, like I said earlier, is to get all hands on deck. That's what Coach Judge wants to do. Um, you know, some of the reporters were asking him, you know, what's meant has meant a lot to you. What have you done? He doesn't really care about that. He cares about the Dallas Cowboys winning a game in week 17 and having a chance to get in the playoffs. By the way, we've all talked about the, the division um, and Paul Schwartz brought it up, you know, four and two in the division. Typically four and two is a good mark. That's going to get you in the playoffs normally. Um, you know, don't you agree? I mean, that's kind of yeah, where absolutely. We, we've we've always believed that the Giants need to get to that. Um, so, hey, you know, they can, if they could get to that four and two and happen to get into the playoffs and, you know, run with that. But that's a good, that's a good number. That's a good start and something that the Giants have not been able to do is win in this division for a long time. Yeah, it's been quite some time. 2016 is the last time that they've had a winning mark in the division. So, you know, that's where they want to get to. This is a down year across the board. So that's yeah. what makes this somewhat unusual, I guess, Jeff, because to yeah. your point, yeah, normally if you say, at the beginning of the year, our goal is to go 4-2. and two. You get there, yeah. and then you don't make the playoffs. Well, you wonder, well, what happened? Well, that's because outside of the division, remember, there's still 10 games, yeah. and when the rest of the division doesn't take care of business in those 10 games, it can become a very fine line that you have to walk, and that's pretty much what's happening in this division this year. Yep, but who cares, right? I mean, if you got the opportunity and you can get into it, and I mean, if you were 3-3, three and three, who cares? As long as you can get there. Um, that's all so that matters. You don't have to I apologize. Think 
you know, from a player's perspective, I've, I've been in this situation before. Um, it is, it's exciting. And, and I don't care, you know, you look back on the season and there's a lot of games, particularly the first one that this Giants team played against the Cowboys that they should have won. Uh, you can look back on the Eagle game, um, you know, and you, you kind of put that, you know, as a, as a fan and somebody and, and analyzing the games, you know, you look at Evan Ingram, he makes that catch. That's a win, uh, most likely. So there's things you can look back at. But as long as you've got a chance and you've got an opportunity to go into at a home this weekend and win this game, then, you, of course, it's always better that if you win, you're in. Uh, now you've got to do a little bit of scoreboard watching. But just to be able to have a meaningful game, I don't think a lot of people understand that because I've been on teams where when you get to week 16 or 17, and you're basically making plans for the off season. You're trying to figure out what the best flight home is. How much is it going to cost me? What's the best <laughs> the day to fly out? The local golf course, right? That's for right. You? Yeah, yeah, that's no what you question. were doing. Yeah, and, and like, you know, is there any uh, U-Hauls available that week, you know, Monday? <laughs> um, and so, but nobody's thinking about that right now. They're thinking about Sunday at 1 o'clock at home, and you, you only wish that you could have your fans there um, to be able to appreciate it because I think that that would be – a really good gift for this team to be able to have your fans in the building in week 17 in a meaningful football game against a division rival. That to me would be awesome. Absolutely the best, but they'll have to make the best of it without them, you know, being there. The New York Giants at Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. Lance Meadow, Jeff Eagles with you here. Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Let's head back to the phone lines at 973-667-1960. Coach Marvin is in Delaware. What's happening, Coach Marvin? How you doing, Lance? Hi, Coach. Good. How you doing, Jeff? Good, thank you. That's good. Um, I was going uh, to comment a little bit on what you guys said earlier about the uh, playoffs and the Super Bowl. Um, what scares me to death, uh, just watching uh, ESPN, the Browns close their facility. I'm just afraid that somebody's going to have to close their facility during the Super Bowl. That's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth to, to see that happen. If, say, Kansas City just throwing it out there and – couple of their receivers and the quarterback gets put on the um, yeah. um, COVID list during the week of the Super Bowl. That's that's going to be very tough for the NFL. To, so. Well, it's going to be up to those players, Coach. It's going to be up to those yeah. players and the organization to really – because, you know, those types – when you, I, you know, I've only been in one, but I was there. Uh, there's a lot of activities going on during the week at a Super Bowl. Um, of course, right. everything will be a little bit different this year, but the fact of the matter is, is that the team's still going to have to be very, very uh, diligent as far as what they're going to be doing. And I mean, just uh, every, at every facet. You guys, my family, you guys come to the game, whatever, but I ain't seeing you. I'm not seeing right. nobody. Yeah. Well, remember, I think, Coach Marvin, most of it is going to be virtual in terms of the media interaction. They're not going to have media day like they no. normally do. Mm-mm. They're yeah. going to put these guys in as much of a bubble environment as yeah, possible. To. They're going to go to the hotel. They're going to practice. They're going to go back to the hotel. And remember, they get there a few days before the game. So I think that as long right. as the planning is in line and they test these guys right. as soon as they arrive, they're going to do everything as humanly possible to treat this as a bubble environment. That's how will. I think right. it's going to go off. They will. Those, those are good answers. When Jeff started um, explaining uh, the same thing you're saying, Lance, uh, then it came dawned on me that's probably what they're going to do. The week of the, the if it's a two week, um, correct? It's two weeks. Super yeah. Bowl. I'm sure they're going to they're going to put them in a bubble. They they have to put them in a bubble because sure. these young guys going to yeah, end up absolutely. doing absolutely. 
And I'm okay with that if I'm a player. Yeah. I'm going to the Super yeah. Bowl. I want to win. I've, I've, been, I've been through this BS season for, for, for 17, 20 weeks now. Uh-uh. Right. I'm not giving up on this one. I'm going in the bubble. I'll stay in the bubble. You can call me the bubble boy, whatever you want. I'm sticking <laughs> in that thing. And That's they already right. made a film about that too, Jeff. That's so right, a couple great. of them. No, yeah. but you bring, up, you bring up an excellent point, Jeff, because if a player got just crazy that final week, my reaction to them would be, well, wait a minute. You went through 17 <laughs> weeks of this yeah. and two or three playoff games, and now all of a sudden you can't make the ultimate sacrifice? No, Come on. No, What's the matter no. with you? Right. Yeah. But you guys just changed my mind. I, I don't think they're going to have an issue. I, I think that they might get – they'll get through it to the Super Bowl. Sure. Um, but the, the real quick, the other thing, is the guy that was talking about Daniel Jones, he – I mean, I'm not going to pile on him. I mean, that's his opinion. Um, I just want him to think about some other things. He says some things like, he thinks he's the best backup. That tells me he's saying, well, he's not one of the better 32 players, quarterbacks in the league. And then he contradicted himself and said he's like the 17th best um, quarterback. Um, I think he placed him in the middle. And that's not bad for a guy for his second year that haven't even played two years. Um, but then he compared him to Lamar Jackson, and I don't look at Lamar Jackson as an elite quarterback i look at him as a fantastic outstanding athlete but i don't i don't find him i don't list him as elite and everybody has their own situation uh aaron Rodgers, he sat behind brett Favre, i believe like three years two or three three years years. correct he didn't start until oh he He came in in right you're talking the guy he went he was supposed to be a first round uh, overall pick i think he fell like 23rd somewhere around there uh so they picked him up and he, he sat and he learned um, um, why Brett was playing. Then he went to, uh, he tried to go with Mahomes. Okay, Mahomes played, uh, I think, one year of college ball, I believe. Um, well, Mahomes but, also sat behind Alex Smith for pretty much exactly. an entire year. He played that last week because the Chiefs had already clinched mm-hmm. the playoff spot. Exactly, so. Lance. And who was on that team? And who was coaching that team? Those guys were in place. They're not taking anything from Mahomes because he fit what they were already doing. So they already had things in place for him when he stepped in. That's not the same for Daniel. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not at all. In fact, and, when you talked about Josh Allen, Brian Dabble is the offensive coordinator for the, for the Buffalo Bills. He's been there exactly. since 2018. So right. there, he's, there's a guy that's been in a system for three years. Right. Uh, uh, Daniel Jones has, n- has been in a system one year, then been in another system one year. So let's give the guy a little, you know, a little bit of cushion right. here to maybe try to sit in something and two, two years in a row run the same system. The environment shapes the quarterback as much as the upside of the quarterback does. Okay, that's important to note. Number two, just to add a few more examples, Baker Mayfield had a really good rookie year. Then he had a down year. Now he's bounced back. Carson Wentz, remember, had that great year in 17. He got hurt. 2019 was good. Now this year he struggled. The bottom line is quarterback play, and we appreciate the phone call, Coach Marvin. Jeff, quarterback play fluctuates. Sure it There does. are years where they look great, and then there are years where you don't know what to make out of them. But patience, to me, is important to take into consideration, as you pointed out, because of the changes that Daniel Jones has had to deal with compared to other quarterbacks. But here's another thing. Jeff, isn't it interesting that when he had that debut game in Week 3 against the Bucks? 
and Pat Shermer decided to go with him over Eli, and Daniel Jones gets five touchdowns. People all of a sudden were ready to crown him as the greatest thing since Swiss well, cheese, right? Course, then yeah. he gets 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions as a rookie. The conversation is, oh, well, the Giants have something. Then all of a sudden, the struggles this year, now everybody flips. The bottom line is, how can you tell me after X amount of games that he's played up to this point that you've seen enough when you went from crowning him after his first game to loving him with 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions to now being uh, shaky after nine or 10 games this year, whatever it may be. So yeah. don't you have to see more before we then come to grips with who Daniel Jones is truly as a quarterback? Yes, you do. You also have to come to the grips with your own, uh, you know, patience. You know, there's just, there is no patience. People just don't have patience. They don't want it. They don't want to sit back and let somebody develop. They don't want to sit back and understand. If you go and it does vary, it goes from year to year, Okay. Uh, I mean, you could even go and look at, at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah, most of the time he's pretty darn good, but he's had some down years before. I mean, they went out, and by the way, they did draft a guy in the first round last year, right? Didn't That's they draft correct. a quarterback? So Absolutely. I guess Jordan they should have. Yeah. I guess they. I guess now they're going to make the switch next year. <laughs> well, know? I don't know. After the way he's playing this year, Jeff. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, so, again, listen, I think that people – you know, why did they draft a quarterback in the first round last year? Well, maybe they thought that Aaron that Aaron Rodgers was really wasn't kind of getting long in the tooth. And this, well, you know, he went back and showed them, didn't he? You, there is no perfect answer to any of this stuff. Well, Lance, by the way, where are you finding Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> I mean, it's not like you can just well, say, all right, well, I want to get an elite quarterback. Let's go get him. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to find him. This guy? Where is he? Yeah. He's probably in junior football somewhere right now. <laughs> we don't even know where he is. Well, that's you know? why Mahomes is not the good example because he's no. the extreme example. It's not. It's yeah. not. And everybody has problems. I mean, look at it. Look at Eli Manning. I mean, all these quarterbacks go through ebb and flow. Um, and there and there's probably common denominators with all of them, you know, whether it's, you know, new system, new coaches, um, schemes, you know, some some guys can't hold on to the football. Some guy. I mean, there's common denominators that all these guys have to deal with. OK, but they're all trying to get better. And I think the biggest thing here is patience. It really is. I mean, guys, come on. You got to be able to. And year three is and we've talked about this, at least I have said this year three is the year. That's the one where you got to see that step, right? I mean, then we can start talking about what these guys are talking about. But right now, I don't think we should be even talking about drafting another quarterback or what we the Giants are content with with Daniel Jones. And you hear it from Joe Judge right now and that's what we have to believe. Took Alex Smith and this is another extreme example. You know, you said year 3 is important. Took Alex Smith a trip to get a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator after rotating offensive coordinators for his first seven seasons in the NFL. That's what it took him to become the quarterback he is today. So, you know, he was a late bloomer. And once again, that's the extreme. Not every quarterback goes into a situation where they change coaches and coordinators every five seconds. But the environment has to be taken into consideration. That's the lesson here. And nobody's saying Daniel Jones is a top five quarterback. Nobody's making a case for that. There still has to be time for him to develop. But I also don't want to hear when a bulk of the fans were crowning him after his first start and crowning him after an impressive rookie season. Now all of a sudden start flipping the switch because that's just the latest example of your instantaneous gratification feeling, Jeff, which is the complete opposite of what you were talking about, patience. Mm -hmm. You've got to let a quarterback have 32 starts to 40 starts before I think we get a better idea of, okay, this is what they do well, this is not what they do well, this is how the environment is impacting them and so forth. But we saw we, – we, okay, so 
you wanted to you hear Coach Judge talk about you know progression and improvement. Have we not seen improvement out of Daniel Jones this year? I mean, we, did we talk about you know fumbles and interceptions? And when the Giants went and run, when they won four games in a row, what was the common denominator there? Okay, Daniel Jones wasn't turning the football over. Ball security. Yeah. Ball security. They all of a sudden they became they had a run game. Okay, so. I, and then all of a sudden now the Giants go into a, a tailspin. Well, there was an inconsistency at the quarterback position. They're turning the ball over. The offensive line is giving up sacks. So there's, you know, a lot of it isn't about just the quarterback. It's about the rest of the team around him and how it's operating. So I think that any quarterback that doesn't turn the football over and has a good running game offensively, okay, is going to be fine. But when all of a sudden he's trying to win football games and th- other things around him are compromised, then you start to talk about, oh, my God, he's got to improve on this. And, you know, he can't hold on to the football. Well, he's getting blindsided. He has no running game. He has third and longs at every single third down. So it's all collectively you got to look at the big picture. I don't think a lot of people do that. Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game for the New York Lottery <laughs> where you play for your chance to win money we on the dot. That. Please play responsibly. I told you, I'm going to think of Paul Dettino every time I read that now. Well, now that you brought it up before, to be honest with you, when you first did it, Lance, I didn't really notice it. Now that you brought that up, it's ruined it. I'm sorry. My apologies. So you're going to be chuckling every time that is read on this show. I was trying to. Warning to all our listeners. Yes. Well, Lance, what I can do, I, I can send a note in. Maybe they can have like a uh, lotto in the meadow for you or something like well, that. Well, no, I'm not looking for the read to be about me, okay? You're now taking it to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. No, I'm Lucky not jealous or anything. It's just that like how that. can you not think of Tatino every time we say on the dot? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Lucky oh Lance in the meadow. How about that? Yes. Well, we, we can work on that. We'll have our uh, people work on that in terms of the copy. Speaking of characters, let's head back to the lines as we move forward here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Charlie's in Portland, Maine. What's happening, Charlie? Hey, Lance. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Hey, hey, Jeff. I had a call in. I knew you'd be very upset if I didn't call in. Of course I would. Yeah, it would ruin my day. (laughs) He wouldn't be able to sleep. Both ways, actually. When you do call in and when you don't, it ruins my day. (laughs) Hey, um, it's a win-win. Hey, look. I just think uh, Daniel's got to step up this game. That's all I'm going to sure. say about it. He needs to step up this game. But, uh, hey, Jeff, this is what I want to run by you. <clears throat> you, know, you know, back in the day, like, the, the, the field goal kickers all kicked straight ahead. Oh, they we're were straight going way ahead back kick, in the day now. Kickers. <laughs> yeah, right? Then all of a sudden, Pete Gogolak comes into the league, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, kicking soccer style. And everybody was like, oh, my God, that is stupid. Why is he doing that? And I think a lot of the straight-line kickers were like, this is ridiculous. This is never going to last. And the thing is, there's no straight-line kickers anymore, right? They disappeared like dinosaurs. They don't exist. They don't exist in the NFL. They don't exist in college. They don't exist in high school. So what I'm getting to the They're point They're like you. Is, Many you... people don't relate to you either. So you're a dinosaur, <laughs> but go ahead, yeah. But, you know, there's no straight-ahead kickers. So I'm thinking is... This Australian rules punting, is that going to take over the college, the NFL, and we're not going to see any more Jeff Eagles or, mm-hmm. again, that yeah, kick the way you It's already taken kick. over. It's, it's already yeah. taken over in college. And right. until they learn how to adapt to it at the pro level, because the rules are different. And, you know, in college you can run down as soon as it's, as it's snapped. So the coverage, right. you don't need to have hang time or anything in college. You just kick it down there, and then by the time the, the Australian guys roll out and hold on to it, the whole team is down right. the field. See, that's the difference. Until they change the rules, 
Um, and then, you know, because in, in the pros, you can't do that. So, I didn't uh, but I Jeff, do agree with you. That's why they did that. The reason they roll out is to give the coverage team more time that's right. to get downfield. That's right, 100%. I didn't realize that. See, I learned something new today. No, but and it's and it's and here's the thing, and, and shame on you for bringing this up, Charlie, because now you really ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the fact is, is that it is very effective. It is, and it drives me crazy watching college football do it, but it's effective because the rules are, are the way they, they've taken advantage of the rules. Now, if they weren't those types of rules in college football, I do not believe that the Australian rules punter, the guys that are coming over from Australia, would be, have, have much of a presence. They wouldn't be. They'd but still be playing rugby, how, essentially. They still would be yeah. playing how, Australian rules football. How about, yes. how about Zach? I mean, is he, is he being taught? Is he... Is he kicking Australian style? Is he yes. kicking the watermelon? My son has gone well they they when he was at Miami they wanted him to start doing that. And one uh, of the reasons why he left was because he just didn't know how to do it. And now so now when he gets here, uh they have an Australian rules football uh guy at the punter. He's very good by the way. And so yeah, he's learning that type of kick. And he's also he also can do the other one too. So he's adding to his bag of tricks. Trust me. Yeah. And it is and it is yeah. something that it it does work. Um, but it's a good question, Charlie, and, and my, the answer is yes. I believe that one day it is eventually going to take over. Wow. Both sports. Hey, hey, do you think you ever see a straight line kicker again? Never. Got to be somebody out there. No way. <laughs> no, just an old all guy right. trying that's... to make a field goal. That would all be right, it. that's all I got. We'll Thank you, Charlie. Right, Charlie. Uh, yeah, I can't believe Thanks. he's trying to butter you up, asking you questions about your family now. The on one this program. great thing like... about this show today is that John Schmelk learned something today about <laughs> that's punting. true. Yeah, that is. <laughs> we awesome. have a lot of firsts on this program. <laughs> now, apparently, Jeff, what, what I'm surprised at is that you actually let him back in the house for Christmas this year if he was doing Australian rules punting. I'm surprised well, I, he was I, even I, let inside. And and, and listen, I, it's kind of funny because, you know, coffin the coffin corner kick is not easy to do, and one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't do it. Um, but with this Australian rules kick, the, the, what's so easy about it is it's – see, in Australia, they, they pass by kicking. They pass by punting the football to each other. So it's a straight-line kick. So the coffin corner, if I had known or anybody – I don't know why they don't do it more – but that coffin corner kick is like throwing a fastball. It doesn't move. It's just end over end, straight ahead. So all you got to do is aim for that five-yard line and drill it every single time. So it, it, I wish I would have known how to use that kick because I would have used it to my advantage. But I don't know why there are more guys that don't do that with the coffin corner with that type of kick. They just, you know, they do that, you know, the one where, the, where, where Jabril Peppers catches it on the three-yard line, that one, that's the one that they do now. They kick it up in the air, and the guys catch it on the three-yard line. Why? That, to me, drives me – another thing that drives me crazy. <laughs> Why are you catching it on the three-yard line? Let it bounce. If it goes on to the one, big deal. If it goes in the end zone, you get it to 20. That, so you, you be the judge. The touchback versus taking the risk and trying yeah. to run it back. We the, don't uh, have enough time in the show for me. No, to we, don't, we don't have enough time to get into that debate. We used up Darn. all our time today on yeah. quarterback debating, so we'll mm -hmm. have to save that well. for another rainy day. But that is going to do it for us. Appreciate yes. everybody for tuning in to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll be up and running again on Thursday at noon. Remember, no show on Friday with the celebration of the start of 2021. So with that being said, we want to wish all of our listeners yes. a happy and a healthy Absolutely. New Year, Jeff. I'm sure you echo those sentiments. Yep. Everybody's yep. been through a lot 
And uh, hopefully 2021 will uh, bring some better days ahead. We appreciate everybody for listening to today's episode presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Always stay locked to Giants.com for the latest. Have a good one.